I'm Chris Lindstrom, and this is the Food About Town podcast. After a bit of a hiatus, we're back and better than ever? (laughs) Well, we're back at the very least. Uh, This is episode 132 with Harmeet from Harmeet's Eats on Instagram. We talked about a wide variety of things, from uh, her work on social media and Instagram specifically highlighting local restaurants, We talked about TikTok. We talked about all sorts of different things. It was really enjoyable and great to have somebody in the studio with full vaccinations. So I appreciate Harmeet coming over. Also, please, uh, at the end of the episode, we uh, briefly mentioned some charities you can donate to surrounding the, um, the crisis in India around COVID. Thankfully, it has gotten somewhat better since we talked, but still a large issue. Uh, the charities that she mentioned were UNICEF and Khalsa Aid, and that's K-H-A-L-S-A Aid if you want to donate to the uh, some of the issues going on in it. Otherwise, I'm just really happy to be back recording the podcast again. I have an episode coming out next week with Andrew Galarno from the Buffalo News, which was really enjoyable, and I've got some really cool stuff scheduled, some NA tastings and just general conversation. So appreciate everybody still listening to the podcast and hope you enjoyed this episode with Harmeet from Harmeet Seats. And we're back with another episode of the Food About Town podcast, recording live in the Food About Town studio for the first time with a guest here. Why don't you introduce yourself, guest? Hi, my name is Harmeet and I am a local food blogger. Self-proclaimed food blogger. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, that's really the only, uh, that's the only criteria you have to have. Yes. Uh, It's just like, what is it? Like uh, Dan Savage says, the only, the only thing you need to be, uh, to give advice is for somebody to ask you. Exactly. As long as you say you're a food blogger, you definitely are. (laughs) I've taken at least one picture of my food, so I meet the criteria. Man, I, it's, it's amazing. I've looked back recently trying to look through storage on my old things and how bad the old phone pictures looked with the old Instagram filters. Oh, so many filters. So many. And this was, man, I forget which phone I started taking pictures on. It was probably a five. Mine was an iPod touch. Oh, nice. Yeah. Very nice. Mm -hmm. See, you know, you know, you're classy when you're bringing the iPod touch out at the table. (laughs) I guess it's better than bringing an iPad out at the table. I've seen that. I've seen that a lot, actually. <laughs> so um, before we go in, uh, where can people find you on the, you know, Instagrams or on whatever the Instagrams, else? Instagrams, on yes. the internet. Yes. Um, Harmeets Eats, H-A-R-M-E-E-T-S-E-A-T-S. Forgot how to spell for a second. Okay. And it is Harmeet, correct? Harmeet. Okay. Um, they've been trying to trying to pronounce names as yeah. correctly as I can. The I was way I introduce myself is nice to Harmeet you. And it's <laughs> no one ever forgets it after. <laughs> that does make it easier. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, I've uh, been trying to make sure I get my, my enunciation as correctly as I can. I appreciate it. Well, it's always a, it's always a challenge. Um, not from a remembering standpoint, but you know, you come from a standard white middle-class background where, you haven't been exposed to all the different cultural names, so I try to take the time to actually ask. Chris isn't cultured. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's well, it's so it's so odd when I when I went to school, you know, with the guy from Portland, Maine, and the guy from some other part of the Northeast. The next door neighbor was Chris. The guy across the <laughs> hall was Chris, 
and the guy next to him was Chris. It's also of a certain generation where it was like the most common name. Yeah. So really it was funny. Hat Chris and Big C and Stromy. And so none got of it. us actually got called Chris in the That's end. That's how like the last name name comes from. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah pretty typical. Mm-hmm. So when did you start? Oh, before we go into that, what else are you involved in? You also are tied to some local restaurants yes. as well, right? Um, so Nontastic, I'm sure you've heard of. <laughs> I have. We'll talk about that in a yep. minute. Um, Nontastic, Sweet Mist, Rubble Pie, Thali of India. Um, and, you know, just connected to all the people that own, you know, local restaurants. I always try to support whenever I can. Okay. Yeah. So for, for those... Um, you're involved from a publicity side of things? Yeah, so my cousins actually opened up the restaurant uh, three years ago, three and a half years ago. And that's, Could be more. you came on when, uh, when the Nontastic part came on? Yes. Okay. Nontastic was the first one. Well, first of the cousins. Their parents actually owned Thali of India. Okay. Um, so when they opened up Nontastic, the whole idea was you're on your phone all the time anyways. Do you want to start promoting Nontastic? And I said, of course, why not? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because uh, actually, so I reached out to you recently. Um, I've mentioned Curate on the show before, yep. but... Um, so the curate thing, this is actually the first podcast in a while. So curate is, I'm working with some of my local, uh, friends. We started a food delivery and pickup business. We're doing our pickups at the German house, uh, now where we're offering uh, drink pairings for sale, um, on site and we're doing deliveries to people's houses. But one of the last meals we worked on was, um, our meat was nice enough to, uh, facilitate that. Uh, with uh, Nontastic, and I think it turned out really well. I was very I was happy ask with you, it. Did you try any of the food? Or yeah, okay. I did. No, the food was food was delightful. I've had Nontastic a number yeah. of times before, uh, and it was um, you know got good reception from our customers, awesome. which it's such an interesting thing now that we're doing. You know, we're actually bringing food to people mm-hmm. that we get so much different feedback than you get as when you're talking. Um, when you're doing just, you know, food Instagramming yeah. or food, uh, food writing or podcasting, I get such different feedback now than I did before. What kind of feedback did you get and what kind of feedback do you get now? Yeah. So before it was just like, oh, that looks great. I want to go try that. It's, oh, I'm you know, excited to go do that. Or, oh, I've never been there before. Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of thing. Um, or people would ask me what's, what's the best this or what's the best that. Yeah. You know, a lot of that with the podcasting, especially when I was writing restaurant reviews. Um, But now I get a lot of, you know, I get more specific comments about the food and like, oh, I've never tried this before. I was really happy to try it. Mm -hmm. Or, oh, I wanted to see something a little bit different. Can you can you offer something different next time? Um, It's very different. I imagine you get a little bit of you get different now with the social media for the restaurants than you do on your personal. Yeah, definitely. So I think um, on my personal one, I get more feedback uh, like, oh, you should try this instead. Or this reminds me of this place or this dish my mom used to make. I love those kinds of comments. Um, As for the business side, it's more, oh, I tried that before. It was so good. Or I can't wait to try this next. Okay. Yeah. And it's, I, I just find it, I'm definitely getting a lot more, it's a lot more of that feedback and I'm, I'm really enjoying this side of things Yeah, because I've never been on the actually facilitating purchases of food. Yeah. I always push people in directions, but it's very side different. Note. Have you noticed people getting pickier since COVID? 
Yeah. I feel like I've noticed that. I think so. Well, I think there's a lot of, I think people are trying to be very comfortable right now. And, and I can say, all I can say is from personal experience is because I don't want to, you know, not pathologize. That's not the right word, but analyze everybody. Um, I can say for me is, you know, I took full control over my diet when Mm -hmm. the pandemic started. Mm -hmm. I had been edging in that direction and then I just locked down. I was. Did you go vegan? Full. Yeah. Awesome. That's how long? A little, yeah, a little over a year. So I'd been 90 plus percent since September of 2019. Wow. Um, I was still having cheese like once or twice Mm -hmm. a week because I'm a severe pizza nerd. Um, But. I edged that out and basically stopped completely in March. That's I've had awesome. a bite or two here or Veganism there. Veganism is very hard, so props to you. Challenging. Yes. Very um, challenging. Interesting, but challenging. Yes. Um, and it was actually interesting because I was on I was on the connections uh, last week, and you had commented on my I'd uh, post on a Facebook uh, vegan yep. group mm-hmm. uh, to I was just asking for feedback. I've been following that group. Facebook groups are very interesting. I find them, um, I find it to be very different than the way I think about things. People are very passionate. Yes. Yes. I am very passionate, but I, the Facebook groups of all kinds, this is the beer groups, the whiskey groups, the, um, the vegan groups, all that stuff. I believe very strongly in these things. I love these things, but the views of the groups are very different than mine. I, I'm, I try to see all the different sides of things. Mm. And there's, it's a lot of very strong views in yes, the Facebook groups. I agree, yeah. I'm dancing around the yes. actual things I want to say. I, they seem, it's a bit much for me. Yeah. I, generally speaking. Yeah, and I feel like it's not a bad passion. No, but I don't I'm, think so either. Again, like you said, it just differs from, yeah. Yeah. I feel I, like our viewpoints are very limited in who we surround ourselves by and, you know, obviously what we follow and what groups we're in. So. For sure. Yeah. And that's, I think that's very common in all of our yes. communications right now. Um, you know, I, I work in a manufacturing environment. You know, I'm, I have lots of different people around me all the time. So, you know, I have to maneuver a lot of different situations that are not just my direct beliefs. Yes. Um, anyways, we just went on a whole tangent. This is we what did, I do. Yes. <laughs> so, um, what was that? We were, we were talking a, about veganism. Yes. Yes. I was vegan um, for, I, bet, I, I think, five to six months. Okay. Um, this was years ago. Okay. So I went vegetarian about seven years ago, mm-hmm. cold turkey, watched one too many documentaries, couldn't do it anymore. Been a lot of them. Then I saw one more documentary and I was thinking, okay, maybe veganism is the right way. So I did it for about five months tried to do it for six but like you said it's very very challenging there is milk in everything yeah chips potato chips have milk in them a lot yes um (laughs) it's is a lot of awareness you have to have i'm not extreme i you know i do my best i'm not perfect you know like i'm i'm looking at sneakers my fashion thing right now which i I notice your fashion you're into you're into sneakers that that was your thing um that's what I'm looking at right now is I'm trying to do full color coordination. <laughs> I'm trying to do shoes to sweater to hats Love and that. pins. Mm-hmm. Trying to do at least not hard coordination like exact pants. But when tones. you look good, you feel good. I it's you know? I I'm not a fashion guy. I like to dress however I like to dress. I don't follow trends, but I 
I'm enjoying trying at all. Good. <laughs> not like not like hard and not trying to be like the most on trend, although I do like the basketball shoes. <laughs> I keep on looking at I when I watch a game, I'll see some of these like and I say this in the best way, the really ugly colorways. Ugly shoes are my yes. favorite. The really bright neons. Yep. There were some weird Kyrie's that I saw and there was some like Embiid's he was wearing that were like aqua and neon pink. I feel like I should go in the car and change my shoes. I have a <laughs> pair of <laughs> ugly pairs right now. <laughs> and I, I just, I love that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So it's how do I, how do I balance all that without being like a complete sore thumb at work? And thankfully yeah. I have the flexibility. I don't have to dress like up yeah. for work, which is nice. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a. Uh, Gives me a little flexibility. Yeah. I work from home, so I actually don't wear any sneakers when I work. So <laughs> save some money there. <laughs> I, I actually found I, I wear when I was working from home uh for a while, I did um I did try to put shoes on. I tried to at least dress up somewhat. And sometimes it was just shorts and, you know, a sweater, but it was like I had to wear something that was not like just pure loungewear yeah. for me to be more productive. I'm not sure exactly why, but it definitely was the case. Okay. Not for me, not though. You. <laughs> not me. <laughs> there, I remember there were a couple days where the weather was just so bad. I didn't even want to get out of bed. I just opened up my laptop, stayed in bed the entire day. Yeah. And I mean, it was pretty productive. Yeah, I, it, I, I found I was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a little flexibility to do some from home now, mm-hmm. like half days here and there, yeah. but... I find the being in the office again for me actually helps. Plus I'm, I have to work with a lot of different people. So yeah. it's, I definitely miss the human interaction. Getting of a work. hold of people is the yes. challenging part. Mm-hmm. And just like, Oh, I can bother you. Poke, 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 go yeah. into the office. I mean, you can't just like slack them and like multiple times, we 50 times in a row. That would be, I, I do texts basically <laughs> mm-hmm. because we don't have a slack set up. Got it. Unfortunately. Um, so the actual pivot, I'm remembering what we actually were doing. I was saying where I was going on connections and you had commented on the vegan group about what kind of restaurants we should yes. talk about. And one, I appreciated the feedback and something you mentioned was trying to highlight East Asian restaurants. Yep. Um, something I've been trying to do is not, is to more regionalize Asian cuisine uh, because, you know, we talk about Mediterranean food and usually what we're talking about is West Asian food Mm -hmm. and I'm trying to be more specific when I talk about regional Asian Asian food East Asian versus Southeast Asian versus you know it's so yeah and not that it's like the fault of anybody in Rochester it's just I feel like a lot of the restaurants East Asian restaurants like whether it's Chinese Thai Japanese restaurants they incorporate a lot of cuisines in like in themselves like flavors of asia for example they have korean japanese chinese thai same with i believe king and i has mostly thai food but they also have like chinese food as well so um i I guess it does get generalized just like that but i think it's also important to kind of segment that further yeah yeah it's it's definitely something that you know it's i'm hoping to see more differentiation Mm -hmm. here in town that's something i would love to see is Somebody saying specifically, and we've got some now, like some places are specifically Sichuan. Yeah. And I love that. I love Sichuan food. You know, it suits my needs where I can get intense, punchy flavors, you know, funky flavors, interesting flavors while still doing the vegan thing with, you know, Mapo tofu and things like that. Yep. Um, 
but I would love to see some more dif- differentiation. I know it's not fair for me to just ask for it, um, but more differentiation about regional Indian cuisine, for yeah. example. Um, yeah, there's a ton of different ones. Um, it's mainly uh, split between North and South. I think that's the most popular um, around here, at mm-hmm. least. Obviously, there are other branches such as like Hyderabad, the Brani House that just opened up in Henrietta, which is like a different region. And there is like, um, there India is full of so many different cultures, food I haven't even tried or I don't even know exists. Oh, so, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I forget what documentary I was watching about it and just how, you know, I'd spent a lot of time researching regional Chinese food, trying to understand. I watch, you know, a bunch of YouTube channels on, mm-hmm. you know, people who live there that are cooking the food and, you know, how different, you know, food from, you know, Hunan versus Guizhou is and all the, you know, it's so drastically different. Yeah. And, you know, India is obviously a massive country with mm-hmm. huge regionality and we separate to North and South and a couple other regions generally here. And I, I just love to see more just because I, I'm, I want to learn more. I want to yeah. try more. It's and crazy. There's so much food out there and it, not even mainstream. Mm. Best food is probably, you mm. haven't even had the best food yet. Oh, definitely. Yeah. It's there's always something I want to learn. And I remember when I wrote, I was just a very long time ago. It was, I had written a review of Raj Mahal in the city newspaper years ago. And I remember, I, I think it was, um, it was Indo Chinese cause they yeah. had, they had Indo Chinese on the menu. And I'm like, Oh, this is really cool. And something I looked into a lot after, and it's common in almost every country in the world yep. that there's, hybridized you know x chinese cuisine it's fascinating and Indo chinese noodles are amazing street noodles please uh, to be explained um it's i don't really know how to explain it so obviously it's indo chinese you know mm-hmm. you have those indian flavors and you have those um east asian flavors as well i don't know if the you know pc term is indo chinese but you do have the east asian flavors i believe they do stem from like nepal and like you know that region mm-hmm. um but it's it's so good uh, it, they're like addicting and I can't stop eating them um whenever well when the borders were open whenever my mom and I would go to Canada to do shopping or visit family always get Hakka noodles okay always see that's something I I have to go back up I mean as soon as I can because Toronto is just one of my favorite places yeah it's so diverse the food there is amazing and it's authentic it's so good and when I that's you know I try to I try to not say authentic as much as I possibly can although you know, with within enough research, I can say I believe it edges more traditionally than others. And yes. there's places in town that do that and don't. Um, but Toronto is just so widely, so widely diverse. And the different areas of town are just like in the depth and the amount of restaurants is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, I still have gift certificates I got from Christmas 2019. Um for some of the tourist attractions, doing the CN Tower and the yeah. ROM and stuff like that. Um, have not been able to go since oh, then. Oh, why not? <laughs> oh, God, who knows? <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, when I go, I'll be able to do some of that stuff again. Um, but that's the thing I'm looking forward to most is picking a few different uh, cultural cuisines I don't have a ton of experience with and trying to go to the different areas of town where that exists. It's, yeah. It's just, I always learn something when I yeah. go there. And it also depends on like who you go with. So mm. I, last time I went to Chinatown in Toronto was with one of my friends who is Chinese mm-hmm. and we went with her parents and they took me to some random hole in the wall place. 
I don't even think it had a name outside. We went in some of the best food I've ever had. This was yes. before I was vegetarian. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's crazy because there's, there's not a menu. There's people walking around with a cart and you just grab and go. And I asked my friend, oh, what are you eating? She's like, I have no idea. And yeah, some of the best food I've ever had. Yeah, some of my best experiences in Chinatowns was basically where, you know, I just... Uh, I think it was in San Francisco. We just walked down. We were staying on top of the one of the big hills. We walked down the hill, and we walked into Chinatown. It was 7 o'clock in the morning, and we saw people eating at a place. This is where the most people were. We went in, yep. and I pointed at things. They gave me amazing food, and it was amazingly cheap and so, so delicious. And there's some sort of monster. <laughs> I don't think so. It's like, it sounds heavy. Yeah, it does. We're, we're watching a flying monster flying in the room right now. And it doesn't look too dangerous. but, but it, it's I think it's a little drunk. It's circling menacingly, but definitely haphazardly. <laughs> oh, God. Um, but yeah, the, the, for me, the, the experience of going to those Chinatowns has been kind of revelatory for me in so many different ways. Uh, Boston, uh, Toronto... Uh, Seattle, New York, San Francisco. I have not been to the New York oh. one. I've only been to New York once. Oh. Which I feel really yeah. badly about. I grew up in Buffalo. I've lived here in Buffalo my whole life. And I've been to New York City once. You are missing out on a lot of really good food. I, I am. will say that. We, I, we went once when we, uh, the wife and I went on our honeymoon to Italy. We did a few days in New York yes. in between. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was, it was great. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited to go back and do, you know, do flushing and try to go there and really work through. We tried a lot of stuff while we were there because I'm relentless and I will, I burned her into the ground because <laughs> so, I don't stop. Yeah. My cousin <laughs> used to live on the Upper West Side. So right near Hell's Kitchen, mm-hmm. Midtown, all that. So whenever I would go visit her, she would take me, I kid you not, to 10 places a day. You have to try one thing here. They, they have the best macaroons here. They have the best chocolate chip cookie there. And I love those kinds of friends because you truly get to experience everything. Everything. It's all. It makes for a very long day. Yeah. And you sleep really well at the yes. end of the night. I, 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 I can say definitely that at the end of every day of a vacation at the pace I want to go at, my feet hurt at the end of the day. Because yeah. <laughs> I just... Don't stop. And I think it's the hardest thing for me is to learn how to pace not for myself when well, I'm on vacation. Well, if you're going to a different city and you're only there for X amount of days, you want to maximize your time and do everything. I'm not a lounger. <laughs> yeah, same. I don't like it. I need an itinerary and I, it has to, I have to be there at 9 a.m. On, on the dot. Yep. I, 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 I'm definitely looser because I grew up, my, my dad was very tightly regimented on time and it was a little bit stressful for my tastes. Um, so I'm not quite regimented as hard as that, but I'm not a, I can't imagine going to a resort and sitting there on the beach for a week and not doing things at a clip where I feel like I'm not doing enough. (laughs) I mean, the only way I would be able to stay on a beach for the entire week is if I had someone there feeding me grapes. I, that's like, I would know I made it in life if I'm on a beach and someone's feeding me grapes. See, I think it would have to be something with a little more effort 
to make it worth my while. Okay, and like, another person just fanning me with a giant palm leaf. I'm thinking like peeled, like peeled pineapple, you know, fresh pineapple, because somebody has to chop that. Somebody has to slice it. Okay, Grapes, fair. I can just take off the bunch myself. That's easy. But you're relaxing, so how would you want to put in the effort of picking up a grape and putting it in your, you know? Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. That's a good Very point. Very strenuous work. Yeah, yeah. The, you know, the, the tropical breeze. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, this is this is getting this is getting very um, ASMR. I forgot we were even talking about. <laughs> this is this is my favorite kind of podcast. Um, but yeah, the so we going back to talking about you know we were talking about East Asian, yep. which is huge and diverse and everything else. Um, and I'm glad you brought up Nepalese uh, because that's something I'm learning a bit about here because we have a couple places that have Nepalese roots. Um, Royal Rochester of India. has a huge uh, Nepali population. See, and that's that's something I'm not super aware of. Yeah. Um, I know of two places. I think that's Nepalese, Nepali Kitchen and uh, Royal of India that yep. has Nepalese roots. Yep. Um, although they serve mostly Indian, Indian food. food. Yep. But there's uh, some notable in um, Nepalese dishes on the menu. Um, but that's, you know, it's learning those little pockets that I'm not as aware of. Yeah. That's the part that mm-hmm. just keeps me endlessly interested. Yeah. I mean, at least, you know, you, you're aware of it. I feel like a lot of people don't even know what Nepali food is or Nepali, where Nepal is on a map, you know? Yeah, it's... Um, it's a very small country. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, most people know it for mountains. Yeah. You know, and that's, oh, it's... Nepal, that's where Mount Everest mm-hmm. is. Okay, we know that. But obviously, there's a whole group of people that live yep. there, and it's similar but different. Yes. Then, you know, there's crossover, especially in those, uh, you know, the mountainous countries where it's crossing over um, partly into the um, into the uh, Islamic, the Islamic faith background countries, uh, uh, Afghani and you know, those countries, you'll see mm-hmm. the transition into more meat yes. and uh, halal food versus Indian. So it's, but you see the roots all having similarities and that's yeah. endlessly fascinating yeah. to me. Yeah, and the seasoning and all that, very similar. Yeah, yeah. similar but different, exactly. similar but different. Yes. And it's like, oh, very cool. Yeah. Um, the one I spent a lot of time on recently was, you know, the, the West Asian uh, countries, you know, Turkish, Israeli, you know, Iraqi and all that stuff. And oh, how how similar the food and how different it was country to country. And then just asking, which is the, what are the dishes here? Yeah. Why is, why is this bread different? Um, was it the, uh, the, there's a Rocky bread, there's the, you know, pita, which everybody's super familiar mm-hmm. with. And uh, the, the one that I had tried recently and got obsessed with was the Shrek flatbread from Syria, which is very thin, um, very thin, um, enriched white sort. It's a flatbread. It's thinner. It's, it's not a, tor- it's like the thickness of a tortilla. It's mm-hmm. a little bit different texturally, but man, does it make a great, uh, sandwich, you know, great wrap. Nice. So interesting. Very and it's interesting. a little bit chewy. Yeah. Um, Levantine's, uh, cafe out in, uh. Is it kind of like a roti? Yeah. Similar to a roti, but yeah. not quite as whole wheat. Got it. And not as layered. Okay. It's like a single layer because mm-hmm. roti can sometimes be a little yeah, bit layered. Fluffier, yeah. Not like a scallion pancake, which is also <laughs> layered. <laughs> yeah. You, so um, you mentioned bread, but I, I feel like another dish that's very common along, you know, all those regions is um, rice and meat, mm. like biryani. Oh, and so I, I don't know the term, but there's um, a great Arab dish. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of the name. I changed 
Think of the chicken and rice yeah, baked one. Well, yeah, the chicken and rice, but there's another um, one. I think it's traditionally made with goat. Okay. Um, and you they like flip it over on the plate and they lift the pan up. I can't think of the name, but that it's, sounds it's amazing. amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It I looks mean, really cool when they, whenever they make it. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I was thinking TikTok has a lot of great videos. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Cause, by the way, so let's let's get into TikTok <laughs> oh, God. for a second. <laughs> I was trying to avoid TikTok. Oh no, I'm excited. <laughs> uh, so we'll we'll get into that after we come back from the break. But before we do that, I think the dish I was thinking the chicken rice was makluba or maklube, okay. which I think is oh. I want to say it was Palestinian, and I think there's very similar dishes mm-hmm. in um, in the other countries where it's you know a baked chicken and rice dish. There's very few things that are more universal yeah. than cooking chicken with rice. It's just like you look at you know Taiwanese, you look at you know um, uh, uh, all the you know the the Latin countries cooking chicken and rice yeah. is so universal. Almost every country has. You know a baked what? Here's an idea rice. for a cooking show. Give everyone the same ingredients, but they're from different regions. Oh. And what would they come up with? I think that would be a really cool show. I think it would be fascinating and a little bit less of the, you know, a little bit less, oh, this is so different. This is yeah. so different. But like, oh, yeah, this is also delicious. Yeah. And how do we, like, the similarities, and that's the part I'm so interested in right now is we're all so divided, but everybody loves other than the pesky vegans amongst us. <laughs> everybody loves chicken and rice. Everybody yeah. loves that. And it's so universal. Mm-hmm. Everybody loves chicken and rice. I used to love the halal carts in New York City. I wish you could relate. Oh. But the halal carts in New York City were really, really like good. Like garlic sauce. Everybody likes white yeah. sauce. Mm-hmm. Everybody likes garlic and mayonnaise. And everybody loves, except for Chris Clemens. Chris Clemens hates mayonnaise. Yeah, he, he has this thing with mayonnaise. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Chris Clemens, as always. Um, so... On that note, bashing Chris about his mayonnaise hatred, um, we're going to take a break and we'll be back and we're going to talk young people stuff and TikToks. I'm so, ready. <laughs> oh, we're going to watch a dance tutorial yes, right now. And we'll be right back. <laughs> this episode of the Food About Town podcast is brought to you by Curate. CurateMeals.com or Curate Meals on all of your social medias. Curate is a great way to have a dinner party in your house curated by me or other people in Rochester. All you have to do is go to curatemeals.com, purchase a ticket for an event. Our next one is on June 9th, uh, Wednesday at uh, 5.30 p.m., and you'll get a great meal. We focus on mostly minority-owned restaurants trying to do this whole thing as best as we can. Hope you enjoy Curate. And we're back from our brief break where we talked about everything and everything else. But we're back with Harmeet from Harmeet's Eats. Did I get the, all the yes, Harmeet's you did. Eats? Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, on Instagram. Um, what's something recent that you went to that you posted about? Or at least experience. I'm not sure if you've been posting recently. I have I not followed. been posting a ton because, like we just said, it's yeah. just. A- it's okay to live in the present every now and then. Seems like a lot of people I know are doing that. Not, I don't know, that's weird we say that. A lot of people are living in the present yeah. right now. Um, but I think, you know, uh, taking stock of what you're enjoying and just enjoying it is kind of the nice, is a really nice thing to do right yeah, now. Yeah, and my friends are also very thankful that they can eat their food instead of waiting for me to take pictures. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, when I used to write the restaurant reviews, I used to do that. I'd stop everybody and I would take the pictures before we ate. Um, and everybody learned eventually that went with me to do like review meals, that this is how it worked. Mm-hmm. You have to wait. We're ordering way too much food. <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's part of the process, and I'm glad I don't do it as much as I used to. Yeah. Um. So recently, what did I eat? I feel like as of late, I've been sticking to my comfort foods. Mm. I, I don't want to try a new place because I just want, you know, what I like. Yeah. Um. I went to Buffalo not too long ago. I had some of the best pad thai from this place called Taste of Siam. Okay. Uh, so I really like spicy food. Me I love too. food that makes me cry. I'm not even exaggerating. Well, so yeah, let's <laughs> let's talk about spicy. Yeah. Um, um, so when you talk about spice, that's what what's your what's your favorite level? Like not in the, there's so, the sometimes there's this like pain is pain spice and then there's good spice. Yeah, yeah. Where, where's your like this is where I normally want to be level. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Cause I feel like everyone has different spice levels. Like a, yeah. a four for me might be uh, a 10 for someone else. Okay. So let's pick a place that I know in town. You've probably been to, okay. um, you know, tie me up. Yeah. So I, the highest I ever went there was a seven. Okay. And that changed my day. Like I felt my <laughs> stomach rumbling for a while after, but that was, you know, there were, you know, Thai birds in there and it was every bite was a pause and I'm considering that this is heat. Yeah. That's as high as I usually would go is that level. I don't often go that hot, but when I want to push the limits, that's about as far as I would go. Yeah. I've done some heat challenges, but I didn't enjoy that. Yeah. Um, when I went to tie me up, I believe I got think a seven or an eight as well yeah yeah it slows I, you, you can't down. jump right to 10 it, it was i think it was my first or second time going um and i got that and it was it was good it was pleasant <laughs> i was crying a little bit but it was a good good okay spice. so you're yeah. so you you're definitely you're definitely a heat seeker um yeah i tend to i tend to go to a decent amount oh this is really good by the way yeah so let's what we're gonna pivot off heat for a second so <laughs> um during the break we grabbed um there was a, a bottle of gin that I have on the shelf that uh, Harmeet uh, gravitated to, and it's actually Indian gin, uh, which is one something as soon as I saw, I definitely wanted to get into. The bottle also matches my henna. How perfect is that? Oh, it's beautiful. <laughs> um, also, very nice. Fairly fresh. Uh, last End of last week. Nice. Yeah. Holds up really well, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, my best friend's brother, someone I also grew up with, my friend as well, mm-hmm. um, he got married last week. Oh, that's always... The entire week he got always, married. Of course. <laughs> uh, I think the last one I went to, I was, I think I went to two days of things, and then it was obviously a lot of family yeah. on the other days. Um, but yeah, this uh, so the gin is a gin GG, and that's J-I-N-J-I-J-I. And uh, I bought this at uh, Parkway. That's the only place I've seen it locally. Um, but it's using a lot of uh, Indian botanicals, which one, I'm always interested because gin's very regional. And obviously, India has a lot of history with gin from colonization and everything else. Uh, but uh, this is different botanicals. So it's using Himalayan and Macedonian juniper, coriander, black tea, angelica root and orris root, cashews, Tulsi, which I do not know what that is, and chamomile. Um, it's it's really interesting. It's got a very it's got a very it's definitely gin when you smell it. It's not hiding that it's gin. It's not a modern where it's just floral um, gin or like the um, like the black button expression of the lilac gin. 
but it smells very rich. You know, it still smells like juniper, but the rest of it's very, it just smells very dynamic. Yeah. I'm glad I don't taste the cashews, though. <laughs> <laughs> Not for you? Mm. I'm, I'm trying to think of what it even tastes like, but it's so unique that Ooh. I can't even point to it. Yeah, it's, I think what I can say really positively about it is I think the, the, the florals, the chamomile comes through some mm-hmm. of the, I think the coriander comes through. It's a bit fruity, but there's not fruit in it. Yes, it is very fruity. Um, I'm getting a little bit of the bitterness from the roots. You know, it's got a lot of body. I think the roots usually bring that, that earthy body to it. Um, it's very rounded. The juniper is still present. It's a little bit sweet. You know, that, um, it's what I would describe as powdered sugar sweetness. I can taste that. Yeah. It's not, this is the, the spirit nerdery coming out from, uh, I was just like, yeah, it's good. And you're going into detail. (laughs) So I, I do a spirits podcast with my buddy, George, um, uh, called in good spirits. And we, we try to go into the nerdery of it because this is, you know, it's respecting the, the craft of what somebody spent time to do. That explains all the bottles. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's, and it's, not just like yes, this is delicious. A great mixing gin, um, great for a Negroni. I had a, um, uh, I had a cocktail. I had, I'm sure I had before. I had a Bijou the other night, uh, which is chartreuse, uh, vermouth, and gin, which was delightful. Um, but I'd never made it, and a really good gin stands out on its own, but mixes with other stuff really well. But if we wanted to sit here and drink this, you wouldn't feel dumb sitting here drinking this. Yeah, I agree. If, you know, if we were to pour, and I'm going to pick on a big brand, uh, <laughs> if you were going to pour, you know, Beefeater or, you know, Bombay Sapphire, it's not particularly interesting in of itself. This has dimension and mm-hmm. depth where you can sit here and work through it and you're not going to feel dumber for having done that. You're shitting on can i curse on here oh yes of course (laughs) i said you're shitting on my college experience because all i used to drink is bombay and lemonade because that was the only drink i could actually make oh yeah no bombay and lemonade although (laughs) juniper and lemon is a delicious combination but that doesn't offer a lot of dimension i agree it's very it's one note it is a tasty note and if i'm at a generic place and that's what they have i'll make do i've been to plenty of weddings where Bombay was the best thing there. And I had them pour me a heavy gin tonic with enough aromatic bitters, usually aromatic bitters on there to make it look like it's bleeding. Um, because <laughs> uh, if they have um, old fashioned bitters, it's kind of a, you know, it's like a Negroni almost, but not because it's just, it's how do I make something interesting yeah. out of a wedding bar, which usually is just the worst. So I had a mixed drink at the last wedding. Oh, was nice. That, and it was two shots of tequila and a splash of White Claw. Ooh, oh, God. <laughs> I've never had a whole... Um, they didn't do shots. So I was like, okay, just make me a mixed drink, add some tequila, add some White Claw. And they're like, yeah, we can do that for you. I've never... I think I've had one whole um, sparkling alcoholic <laughs> thing before. Okay, well, you are a drink snob. Yes, so this is I can true. Appreciate you not <laughs> enjoying. Those. It's kind of the go-to. I'm. Not, I don't want to pigeonhole you. You are. You are younger than me. I'm 37. 
So it's outside my general demographic. Yeah. Especially in the nerd demographic. Uh, you know, it's cheap. Yes. It's refreshing. Locale. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it's kind of, that's kind of the reason it's like, it's easy. It's, it's probably better than, you know, the Miller lights and things. I imagine. I said I was a food snob. I am not a drink snob <laughs> in the slightest. So, <laughs> um, cause I, I know it's super popular. I had it. It wasn't the worst thing I've ever tried, Yeah, but like, I, I'm also, I'm a prepper when it comes to all this stuff. Like if I know I'm not going to have good vegan food at a place, I'll bring my own food mm-hmm. and I don't hold it against somebody for not offering that yeah. at a party. And if I know it's, you know, I'll bring my flask and I'll bring something I actually want to drink. If, if I'm at a place that's selling something, I will, I'll find something. I'll be able to buy a Guinness there and I don't want to disrespect a, a place. Yeah. Um, although I've, this is easily, it's got to be the most pretentious thing I do. Um, if I bring my own salt to somewhere. Okay. I do that sometimes. I, I understand bringing your own hot sauce somewhere because, you know, sometimes you just need that seasoning. Yeah, if I want to do my What Hillary salt Clinton. do you use that you have to bring it with you? Uh, I'll I'll bring a flaky salt, like a, um, a Maldon salt, mm-hmm. if I want, like, flaky salt on yeah. something. I don't like table salt. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I, it's one of the few salts I actually think there is a bit of a flavor to. Got it. So I'll bring like a finishing salt to throw on something. Okay. Um, not all the time, just because yeah. it is, it's really not great if you do that and somebody sees you doing it. It's, it's a you bit like disrespectful. You like. I do. Yeah. <laughs> and also in your defense, a lot of places here don't use a lot of seasoning. Um, I feel like whenever I go out to eat, I have to ask for salt, pepper, hot sauce, red chili flakes, and whatever seasonings that they really have. And I just have to add it to my dish. I'm very particular about salt seasoning. Um, It's important to me that it's at least seasoned to a point where I know it's seasoned. Yeah. My tolerance is very high. I like highly salted things. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't expect them to season to the level I want it. Yeah. I'm getting blueberry on this, by the way, on this gin. I'm getting blueberry. I haven't tasted now. that yet. <laughs> <laughs> now it's, and I don't know why. I think it's a combination of the juniper and the roots. I'm getting blueberry, which I'm really loving. Um, so, <laughs> yes. Like trying to taste it, but not like <laughs> smack into the mic. <laughs> <laughs> um, so while you're trying to taste for blueberries, let's talk about TikTok. This is the first podcast I've done since I started using TikTok, I think. What is your screen time? How many hours a week do you oh, spend on TikTok? Boy, be I, honest. I have no idea. Does it tell me? Yeah. Oh, this is going to be really <laughs> depressing. Um, so I need to turn off my sound because it's going to pop up. Let's see. All this down. Okay. How do I find out? Oh, so you go to... Me? Uh, screen time. Settings, screen time. Oh, oh, it's inside the phone. Okay, got it. Yes. So settings, screen time. Yeah, it yells at me about lots of things. It's like, oh, you use your phone an obscene <laughs> amount. See all activity and then show more. That's, this is today. I need to pick probably last week. So last week, uh, two and a half hours. Okay. Which is not that much. But usually it's like extended at a time. Yeah. So for me, it's every time I use it, I get the annoying guy telling me, 
you should really think about sleeping or you should really, oh, you beat me by a lot. Yeah, seven hours last week on TikTok. However, that wasn't even my worst. Oh. When I first downloaded TikTok, my first day downloading it, I was on TikTok for eight hours accidentally. (laughs) Because you just keep scrolling. It's really easy to do. So, all right. So, I, I assume most people on here have heard about TikTok. TikTok is fast video based content minute or less but i think the best part about it and the reason i'm talking about it specifically is because i think a lot of people have discounted it as being just the dancing and i think because of that people never gave it a chance there's an insane amount of depth of content on tiktok and it's fascinating the kind of things it gets into and i also love how your feed is curated just if you like one food video you'll see another food video the more you like food videos the more it shows up more dog videos babies whatever yeah my lane is completely different than yours i'm sure amazing yeah um my lanes as far as i know uh the tiktoks that i live in i get um i get dogs uh because i like dog videos uh i get um I get small house buildings. Okay. So like those like mini houses. Yeah. yeah. It's like there were the annoying bros that were building buses. Mm-hmm. So I followed some of those be- and I watched a few of their videos and I hated the people a lot because they're young and they acted like they don't care about the world. Not, not, I mean in a young, like I don't need to care about the world kind of way, which is never, I don't like fun. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> Two hours a day on TikTok, yeah. who does that? I, I don't like fun, um, like exuberant fun. It's not for me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, these are bros acting like bros and being bro and like, I hate that a lot. Hate young, fun people. Oh, I really, <laughs> yeah, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, I should get going. <laughs> Unless you're, that means I'm boring and I'm old. <laughs> no, I think it's it's just, uh, I, I, I like the conversation part of things. I love learning about yeah. Like, this is what everybody, because all the generations are different. And I love the differences and why people enjoy different things. And TikTok brings me a lot of that knowledge, actually, because I get to see, I get to see different stuff than if I watch my YouTube, if I watch YouTube or if I watch Netflix, very different demos. Yeah. Um, I always want to be up on things without trying to be yeah. that. I also feel like, a lot of the times when you stream stuff such as Netflix or YouTube, a lot of it's just glorified, right? Mm. It's not, it's not realistic. TikTok is just re- regular kids and, or like, you know, regular people with their phones and just recording what they do. And I think that's, I, I, I personally like it mm-hmm. because of that. Yeah. I think that's the part I like the most about it, to be honest, is you have an idea. You can pick this concept and you can do that concept and it can hit with not that much effort mm-hmm. I, I you know i watched this uh um i'm gonna use oh geez what uh young woman i watch she's um i she's probably in her mid-20s mm-hmm. um but she does um she does she just picks bad tinder profiles i know who you're talking about and <laughs> she's i mean i'm sure there's more than one but like great job and it's really interesting to see, oh, this is how bad that is. I missed the whole online dating thing. I was on, I tried it very. You're not missing out. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I, I, 
because you always think you're missing out on the world because, oh, this is after me now. Um, Because I, like, I use the very early online websites. This was like when... You know, MySpace.com. Like, I, I used MySpace. I was I was in college when the Facebook came out. Oh, the Facebook. Yes. That was only available on one college campus. Correct. Yes. I, we were in the second or third wave of college mm. campuses at the U of R. Got it. So this was 2003 in college when the Facebook came out. It's just learning how to walk. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's, I, I love that. I get to see the different sides of things. So I get the dog videos. I get weird language things. I get, I don't get the dancing stuff cause I don't watch it, Yeah, same. but I get, I get dogs, I get food, but I get different food. You know, I'll get some, somebody trying this weird deli thing. I think I was on, um, you know, I'll get, now I get like a mythical kitchen stuff uh, from good mythical morning. I get that on there. Or you follow this person, you watch the video, and then you just start getting different things. Yeah. I, I love how wide a range, and then you get, you know, you get personal stories, and I think that's the part that hooked me hard is when I got to, you know, people can tell their dramatic stories. Sometimes they're really personal and awful, and sometimes they're just, oh, this is neighbor drama, yeah. or, but the stories, that's what hooked me. It mm-hmm. was the personal aspect of it not the not the glossy dancey things yeah. it was the how personal it was have you i don't know if you've seen these videos i think they there's a new trend coming out it's you are a mosaic of everyone that you've ever come across in your life for example okay. there was this one video and this guy he was saying um i always put my right shoe on first because that's how my mom did it for me or like you know like little things like that mm-hmm. and i thought that was really interesting yeah yeah I, I, I love the those prompts. Yeah. So people, for those that don't use the TikToks, um, the way that a lot of this stuff works is somebody will have this very brief five second or less basically video prompt and then you cut in yourself responding to that. And this is at least one of the lanes that I'm in. You get I get a lot of those kind of things. Yeah. But they can be so like, oh, what was the worst date? And somebody tells these just harrowing stories yeah. like oh this is how this happened and this guy went to jail and for pe- doing yeah, this people get like kidnapped on these dates. oh my god it's crazy <laughs> um but i think that's there's so many opportunities to try something and like to get a, you can get a million views on something and you never expected it and it's such a good way to connect people especially in this day and age yeah yeah um because all it takes is you wanting to do it yeah exactly and the level of effort comparatively to doing what people thought was low effort before was, you know, somebody on a webcam on YouTube, yeah. but nobody just with a webcam on YouTube gets popular anymore. Yeah. You have to have huge production values. You have to be, you have to be, you know, good mythical morning. You have to be the try guys. You yeah. have to be, you know, all the, and these are the people I watch on YouTube. Yeah. I'm thinking about beauty bloggers and but all that. that. <laughs> but there was generations of that mm-hmm. too. Because there was the... Michelle Fan. She was like one of the first YouTube... Yeah, I see you're shaking your head. But she was one of the first beauty bloggers. Okay. And I think she just recorded like on her old MacBook and got millions of views. Very successful now. But now if I want to make a YouTube video, I can't just record it. I can't even record it on my phone. I would need... You got to have proper lighting. Yeah, you got to have 4K. Yeah, because... Yeah, I have a standard webcam I use for doing this. Yeah. Um, But... 
if you're doing it anywhere decently, now you got to have your SLRs, you got to have yep. lighting, you've got to have production, and it's a lot. Yeah. Um, and I, I love how professional it has become, but now the barrier to entry is you can't become popular without a huge amount of effort. Yeah. Um, like, uh, you know, Binging with Babish, who came out of Rochester. Um, I think, it, yeah, that name sounds really familiar. Uh, so it's Binging with Babish is the, the show on YouTube. Um, highly recommended. You should definitely check mm-hmm. it out. Jenna Marbles also came yeah, out of Rochester. Right, but that's amazing. <laughs> I remember when she first popped, it was, you know, she was one of the first YouTube people to pop. This yeah. was, you know, like 2007, 2008. Mm-hmm. By the way, I remember when YouTube came out. <laughs> uh, but uh, when when she started popping on there, she was one of the first people, one when of the first YouTube stars. She started popping on there. <laughs> uh, don't. <laughs> sorry. Oh, my terminology is so old now. Um, it's okay. You're still very lit. <laughs> oh, oh, that hurt right here. That hurt to the core. <laughs> um, but it was you know, to see that and then, you know, the new generations and I've, I've seen some of the videos and now it's all, it drives drama and the drama is what drives views now, not the actual content. Yeah. And just going back to the TikTok side, that's, that's the part I enjoyed about was you can do it with nothing and still make an impact. And maybe it's temporary. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's only for a week. Maybe it's only for a day, but millions of people could see that and could be the first time you made one. Yeah. That's cool. Mm-hmm. That that level of opportunity is back. Yeah. But you have to find where that opportunity is to make an impact now versus you can't just go and be a, you can't just go be a YouTube star now. Yeah, that's true. People think you can. Won't know unless you try. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guess maybe a lot of the stuff I watch is very high production as yeah. well, though. I'll, I just watch any like I I feel like I'll start a, a video and I'll start doing laundry or something and I get into this weird rabbit hole and just videos I would never actually click on would just come up and I just keep watching them because yeah. convenient I don't want to turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we talked about social media. Yes, we talked about young people things. Yes, um, <laughs> I um, talked about young people things. <laughs> I, I talked around young people <laughs> things. Um, so. Let's finish off. We're we're in the home stretch. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about specific Rochester restaurants mm-hmm. that you want people to visit. So again, uh, if people want to ask you, you you can uh, uh, you can uh, go to Harmeet's Eats on Instagram and ask questions or see places that she's been to in the past. But let's talk about specific places that you love in Rochester. Obviously, we we talked about Nontastic. We talked about um, Sweet Mist, which is a Liquid nitrogen frozen ice cream place, which yep. is super cool. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> Sweet. <and it's>, yes. <laughs> um, but texturally really awesome. Flavors are cool. It's uh, What flavor did you get when you went to? I remember I had coconut and ginger mm-hmm. in some form or another, but I need to go back very soon because I love, I think I had ginger and sesame. Ooh. And yeah, come with Chris. I'll oh, I definitely will. There, yeah. I, I need to bug him more anyways. I'll make. I'll get like a jar of mayonnaise and make mayonnaise <laughs> ice cream just for throw, him. Throw it in the liquid <laughs> nitrogen. It's going to be great. Um, but <sighs> and uh, but let's talk about some other places that you love in Rochester. Um, I am not picky okay. in the slightest. I love all food. Um, okay, what are your I, go-tos though? 
So my go-tos, obviously non-tastic, mm-hmm. of course. Yes. Um, I really like Rebel Pie Pizza. Have you been there yet? Yes. Okay. I have. Awesome. Now is that is that also related or yeah. is that okay? And that's um, so it's make your own pizza, but with there's twists, uh, obviously some Indian yeah. twists. So and- growing up, I just never really liked red pizza. Mm. It just seems so boring and bland to me. And if I were having it, I would have to pour half a jar of red chili flakes on there. The crying factor, right? Yes. So um, I'm going to AJ, uh, the ones who opened up Nontastic. They opened up Rebel Pie. Amazing. The the sauce. I love sauces. I love dipping bread in like sauces. And I just like having those options. Love condiments. Yes. Especially mayonnaise. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so these sauces, they're not red sauces. They're we Obviously, we have like Alfredo pesto red sauce, spicy red, which is really good. Um, but then we have like Jamaican jerk. um uh, country sweet sauce. Country sweet on a pizza. Have you ever had it? So I'm a really bad Rochesterian when it comes to Rochester foods. You've I, never had country sweet? I've had it. Oh, I don't okay. like it. I don't like sweet things very Ugh. much. I don't like country sweet. Uh, I, but it's not sweet. It's not sweet. <laughs> I know. It, it have does like have mango some time. chili. Yes. Like, you know, different options. Yeah, for sure. Um, there was like Thai chili as well. And it, it's, it's really good. Um, and... I kind of just go in there and be like, oh, maybe I'll try this today or maybe I'll make a burrito, which we also have burritos. A, a lot of dietary options in both places as well. Yeah, 100%. Um, which I think that's the part that's really nice is you can go in and always get something that you like. Um, both places. Yeah. Um, wide ranging. Um, and always something different too. It's uh, I feel like a lot of times when I go to a place and they have like vegetarian options, I'm always getting the same thing because that's all I can really get. Yeah. Whereas... I, that's why I love going to Asian restaurants as well. I can switch it up. Like, oh, no, no chicken tofu. You know, I get the different flavors. Um, love King and I. Okay. Love, love, love King and I. So there's this place out in. It's called uh, the town is called Egypt. It's past Parenton. Okay. I, I feel like a lot of people don't really know what I'm talking about when I talk mm-hmm. about this. But there's a place called Saks Thai cuisine. Yep, Saks Thai out there. Yep. I think it's the best Thai I've, I've had in Rochester. It's really, I, I enjoy that place. I haven't been in a while. I need to make an effort to go I out again. I used to again. work um, out in Victor in uh, Woodcliff. And okay. uh, I used to go there when, every chance I got. It was so good. Yeah, I, that was one of the first places. I think the first time I had Thai was King and I. I, I think I had it in college. And I'm like, this is weird Chinese food. Yeah. Uh, because I... I grew up in the country country suburbs. I didn't know anything about Mm -hmm. it. And it was, oh, and then I learned and I tried there. And I remember going to Saks and it was, it was an eye opener. Mm -hmm. This is very different. Um, And because that's, that's something you always try to find. Once you try it once, then try what the interpretation is at a different place. Yeah. Always interesting. I'm trying to, I'm going back in my story. Oh, please. Oh, one thing I'm really excited to try. Mm. um, There is this account nubian dessert on instagram okay she's always posting the cutest desserts and cupcakes so for a limited time she is doing mango sponge with mango mousse filling cupcakes pistachio rose and masala chai cupcakes wow love all those flavors those are great flavors so i actually ordered from her um she's doing really a really cool fundraiser she's donating half her profits to what's going on in um india right now oh um, yes and like kenya uganda so i thought Mm. that was really cool and again i'm always supporting local and whenever i can help someone out of course no it's uh yeah it's a great thing and there's always there's always a worthwhile always worthwhile charity if you 
pay attention to the world. Yes. And it's worth doing and worth paying attention to. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I, I think the other one I tried was, um, I had had some of uh, her sweets before, but it's a Burwell Kitchen. Hmm. I haven't um, heard of that. Yeah, the, she's doing it out of her, uh, out of her house. Mm-hmm. And um, really interesting. Um, so I had some, some vegan caramels and some other oh, stuff. Wow. Um, really cool. I'd had her uh, food before in the past. And uh, worth looking into, uh, Burwell Kitchen, Burwell you can Kitchen. order like uh, Rice Krispie Treats and awesome. different cool stuff. Yeah. Um, definitely worth looking into. Yeah. Uh, Carter Burwell, uh, she's, yeah, cool people. Um, but yeah, it's, there's a lot of fun things right now. Yeah. The, the pop-ups and everything else. Too. Yes, definitely. I love um, Tacodero. I have not. They have Jackfruit really good? Video Tacos. Oh, really? Very good. Yeah. And the owner, Cordero, he's very nice too. Okay. Um, I have to try that. Yeah. I'm just going through my recent eats and Dogtown is of course on that list oh. i was craving a garbage plate for a year finally got it mm-hmm. Dogtown has great vegan and vegetarian options lots of options too yeah um silver iguana i went to recently for okay. uh taco tuesday nice. very good I, I think those are like my go-tos Dogtown, okay. non-tastic um so growing up i never really liked italian food i think That's i was fair. one eating the wrong italian food and it was just kind of bland, but as of late, I've been loving it. I go out to Syracuse and Buffalo a lot too, and just you know eating all the food there. <laughs> um, but I've been loving it. Rocco in Rochester, amazing. Yeah, I mean, Mark's you know Mark's a he's a classic restaurateur. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the stuff he's doing there and uh, influence that uh, Rella and uh, the Bodega on Park Ave. Uh, I think he's he's doing a lot of stuff because he really cares about that kind of food. Yeah, you know, comfortable food. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and all, I, again, I love all the Asian restaurants, especially wherever I can get sweet potato rolls. I love veggies. I love veggie sushi. I had to enunciate that. Yeah, so sweet potato rolls are my go-to. So let's let's talk about vegetarian and vegan sushi for a second. We'll sure. finish on that because um, something that you know, you think if you're going vegetarian, not eating you know any meat, fish, or otherwise, you're going to miss out on sushi completely. Not the case. Nope. Especially if places, and this is the case with most vegetarian and vegan, if a place cares about doing things well, they're going to do most things well. Yes. Um, I think the one, uh, the place on Alexander, um, why am I... Pokey Sushi. No, not... uh, No. Alexander. I was thinking it was South Ave. Uh, Shema. Oh, Shima Sushi. Yeah. Yeah, Is it Shema or Shima? I don't know. I would say Shima Sushi. I would say Shema, but you know, I could be right. We both could be be wrong. Um... (laughs) I've had some really nice stuff there. I thought the rice texture was good. I thought the the attention to detail oh, was good. A fun fact, I actually went there with Chris Clemens mm-hmm. and I really want to try their uh I think sushi or ramen, but they were out of both. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's it, I mean everything's obviously been a bit tough yeah. with that. Um but that place I like um uh Sushi King out in Penfield, mm-hmm. I enjoy um, the place up on, um, on Empire is actually our go-to is, uh, Bento Ya. Mm-hmm. And I think they're reopening hopefully in okay. the, this, in May. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been closed for a while. Yeah. Um, but I, I love, I love sushi. Some of the best sushi I've had, um, and some of the best sushi my friends have had who eat fish, actually a place out in Geneva mm. called Oba Sushi, O-B-A. Okay. Very good food. And you can just grab it, go on the lake, and just have a little picnic there. It's really nice. That sounds very pleasant. Yes. Um, yeah. It's tra- I love finding those, like, random spots in the middle of nowhere. And just, in the middle of nowhere, it's Geneva. But, like, <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> right. In the... <laughs> 
God, I was driving through this cornfield and then Geneva popped out out of nowhere. Exactly. <laughs> um, no, I think that's that's a great way. And I think um, one of the messages, you know, regardless of what you're trying to do is go out and explore. Absolutely. It, you know, try something different. Um, and then if you find something you like, try the different versions of that. Make an effort. Go yeah, out. Yeah, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? You're not going to like it. At least you're going to know what you do like. So. Yeah, make an effort. And yeah. if, um, you know, if you find cool stuff, Obviously, let Harmeet know on Harmeet's Eats on the Instagram mm-hmm. um, and follow what she does over there. Uh, I've enjoyed seeing what she's uh, found over the years or years. I don't remember when you started doing that. I believe it was 2018. Okay. Yeah. It sounded about right. Yeah, 18 or 19. Um, but finding, you know, there's a lot of different voices in Rochester food now, which is great. Everybody has a different perspective. And finding what suits you is important. So not everybody is as nerdy and weird about all this stuff as I am. But finding there's so many different voices uh, with lots of different backgrounds. And it's worth taking the time to find different people. And one you definitely should follow is Harmeet. And the food community here is amazing. I'm no friends doubt. with so many people, you included. Yes. <laughs> and it, it's it's great to see different people trying different things. Yes. So. Thank you for coming over. This was really nice having somebody over to the studio again. Yeah, first post-COVID guest. Right? Um, Is it called post-COVID yet? No, it's certainly not post-COVID, but post-vaccine. Yes. And as always, hopefully everybody stays, uh, stays, stays safe, stays healthy. Get your vaccine if you haven't yet. Walk in appointments at almost every clinic in Rochester. It's worth the time, safe and worth doing. Oh, please plug. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with the COVID situation that's happening in India right now. I am. Very devastating. Yes. So I just wanted to, to add, if you know, you can donate, if you are able to donate, please do so. Uh, UNICEF and Kalsa Aid are both doing great things and taking donations. Okay. I'm glad you mentioned specific places because yes. it's, it's challenging if you don't know a lot of details yeah. to find places that are reputable. So again, the names of the places... Kalsa Aid, K H A L S A Aid, okay. and UNICEF. And that's great. if you want more information, feel free to message me on Instagram. Yeah, and not to not to bring it down, but that's right now it is the hottest of hot spots in the world yeah. and suffering a lot right now. So if you have an opportunity and enjoyed what we talked about, throw a few dollars their way. The money will make a big difference there uh, versus maybe the money you would donate in other places. So really worth your effort. So Thank you for bringing that up. I'm glad you did. Thank you for having me. All right.